Today's edition of the Derek Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Life Change Tea. Why go to GetTheTea.com? Because this important news could change your life. Socrates made a statement saying that all disease starts in the gut. Take care of your gut, and well, the rest speaks for itself. Life Change Tea is a wonderful way to aid in your digestion. Brew it, steep it, drink it, and feel it go to work. We at Life Change Tea have been around for years helping people just like you feel better. Lots of testimonials and lots of happy people. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. GetTheTea.com. Alrighty, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 21st of March, 20. 2022. Yeah, it's 2022. So it's uh, 21, 22. I'm Derek Hunter. I'm your host. Welcome to the program. Appreciate the use of your ears. Welcome to another brand new week. Please keep spreading the word. Appreciate the hell out of that. Can't tell you how much. I, you're the only really advertising we got. So and the only way that we grow is because of you and we've been growing. So thanks to you. All right. We got a lot of stuff going on. I just got to tell you quickly to go to get the tea.com. That's right. Get the tea.com. That's where you get the life change tea that changes your life. Keeps you regular, gets you going, cleans you out and then makes you feel better. You get more pep in your step, more energy from the food you consume. That's right. So it's just science. Enter promo code Derek, D-E-R-E-K at checkout for free fast shipping that is get the tea.com get the life change tea lots of great products there enter promo code derek at checkout click apply for the free fast shipping also thanks to everybody who entered to win i'm staring at the two the uh, books signed by john cleese or matt walsh i can tell you who the winner will be at the end of the pro i will tell you who the winner will be at the end is at the end of the program they've already been notified uh, and uh, I can tell you that next week, I'll announce it at the end of the show. I can tell you that next week's competition or this week's competition will be a rematch of the exact same people, just different books. What does that mean? Well, you have to stick around to the end to find out. So there you go. Now let's start the show. So much going on in the world. I got to start off by talking about something that... Uh, the media is talking about it's getting coverage, something that would never, ever in a million years get coverage. Let's just be honest. The NCAA women's collegiate swimming competition. <laughs> like you're sitting there going, what? Yeah, no, It. who cares? Have you ever seen that on television again before? No, I bet you haven't. It hasn't been covered in the past, yet it's covered live on ESPN this year. The Today Show has dispatched people to it. It is news now. Why? Because there's a dude. There's a dude competing in there. Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas. Oh, everybody pretends that Leah Thomas is a is a woman. Why? Because Leah Thomas declared himself to be a woman. I am a woman. And he's, he won yesterday. He won yesterday. And I, the one thing I love about the framing of the story, <laughs> it's so funny. It's so pathetic. The links to which people have to go to pervert reality in order to advance a liberal agenda. It tells you everything you really need to know about uh, the liberal agenda. 
the New York Times, which I promise you has probably never covered NCAA women's swimming before, but this time they did. They said their headline, Leah Thomas wins in NCAA, wins an NCAA swimming title. Their subheadline, with her victory in Atlanta, Thomas, who competes for the University of Pennsylvania, became the first openly transgender woman to win an NCAA swimming championship. Now, does any part of that sound weird to you? Something in that sticks out, and I'm not talking about what sticks out on on Leah Thomas. I'm talking about in these words. I'll read the subheadline again. It's in there. With her victory in Atlanta, Thomas, who competes for the University of Pennsylvania, became the first openly transgender woman to win an NCAA swimming championship. Now, if you're sitting there scratching your head, going, that's, that's weird. It's because they're saying she, this dude is the first, the first openly transgender woman, which, what is that? Does that mean that there's a whole bunch of secret trannies running around winning in these competitions or competing in these competitions? Is that what was going on? Is that how it, the world worked? Like, don't tell anybody, but I got a secret for you. I, I know, dude. Well, we're shaving our legs. You're shaving your face. We get it. That's why nobody undresses in front of you. That's what. Like, <laughs> but the first openly transgender person was something that was parroted not only in print, but in print everywhere. It was also parroted on local news. It was parroted everywhere. Oh, you're the first openly transgender. All the, where are all the secret trans? Where are they? And if there are secret trans out there, boy, howdy, wouldn't you come forward now? Now would be the time to get your book deal to talk about, you know, give me $10 million to talk about how tough it was to tuck it back in my day. Boy, howdy. Or you really want to blow some people's minds. You go and you say uh, that, that there was a woman who competed against men and won or even qualified. Because uh, there aren't any, and there haven't been any, because men are physically stronger than women. I know I'm not breaking news here, although to some people I probably am. That's how pathetic the left is, that they'd sit there and go, oh, no, the first openly transgender, openly transgender. And uh, the Today Show, Today Show, listen to, uh, this is before the race. The Today Show was so giddy, they dispatched somebody. To, now, I love this. Trans women are women. Trans women are women. That's the mantra. That's the drumbeat. That's what they insist. Trans women are women. Okay, well, if trans women are women, if it's just trans women are women, first of all, why do you call them trans women? Secondly, why do they have penises? Thirdly, why do you cover them differently? Why do you get the... It's the first openly transgender woman. If she's... If Leah Thomas is a woman... Then it's just another day. It's a boring day at the NCAA women's swimming competition. Who cares? Who gives a damn? But no, the mere fact that these leftists fuss over it and insist, no, 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 transgender women are women. And it's perfectly normal. And it's every, don't you dare question it. This is, and this is the first time you've ever gone to an NCAA women's swim meet, probably even men's swim meet, ever. Kind of makes it seem as though you don't really believe that uh, this is no big deal, that trans women are women. If trans women are women, this Leah Thomas story is no big deal. 
yet everybody's covering it. And the Today Show gets out there. Listen to the giddy nature, the giddy tone in this person. I don't Blair Blaine or who cares who the correspondent is that they've dispatched. They are giddy about Leah Thomas. So super giddy about Leah Thomas. And Hoda Kotb is like, oh, Leah's making history. Yeah, making history because it's the first person with a penis to compete against women in the swimming pool at the NCAA championships. Congratulations. There you go. Um, Yeah, Hoda, why are you excited about this? And if Leah Thomas gets excited by that fact, does that cause drag in the pool? Can you say drag in, drag in the pool is now a double entendre. Who knew? Anyway, listen to the Today Show. Blaine, it's not just today's race. Leah's actually competing in three different events. How do we see the rest of these championships playing out for her? Hoda, there is so much to watch. So she's going to first hit the pool this morning at 10 o'clock. That's the 500-yard freestyle. The prelims finals are tonight. She's favored to win the 500 and the 200-yard freestyles. She's also swimming in the 100-yard freestyle, and she's got a shot there. But in addition to watching for her winning those races, Hoda, we're also watching for the potential. She is within striking distance of the long-held collegiate records by Missy Franklin and Katie Ledecky. So, of course, we're going to be watching to see if she uh, touches those records during this weekend, too. Hoda. All right, Blaine. Alexander Force in Atlanta. Blaine, thank you. Yeah, Blaine, thank you. Oh, everybody, Leah is so excited, so excited that uh, Leah has to sit down. Leah is so excited that Leah has to sit down. Don't ask why. To ask why is a hate crime. It is unbelievable. Now, after uh, Thomas swam, ESPN, which again has never covered this garbage, Nobody cares about, let's be honest, nobody really cares about women's sports uh, unless you're competing in it. It just doesn't, the WNBA, the average attendance for WNBA is less than that of the average attendance of a high school football game in Texas. But ESPN dispatched a whole team of announcers. Everybody had to be there. And you listen, normally, now this uh, interview with Leah Thomas is being... um, played over the PA system, right? It's not as though there's a whole bunch of other things going on. The race, the 500-meter freestyle just happened. Leah Thomas won my... uh, uh, So many jokes I want to make. None of them are appropriate. Uh, Leah just won. And uh, by a little... By quite a bit, actually. And the audience in attendance is listening to this. Now, there's some audio taken from the audience where you hear people saying, he's a man, he's a man. But I want you to, you can expect that. I want you to hear the audience's response to the winner of a race being interviewed. Now, normally when the winner of a race is interviewed, there's some cheering, is there not? The audience is happy for that person. They're listening to the, you can't help but listen when it's over the PA system. But there is like, when they say something, there's applause. Like, hey, congratulations. Well, yeah, there is none of that with Leah Thomas. There are, put it in crude terms. The audience gives zero Fs. They do not care at all. They are not happy about or for Leah Thomas because Leah Thomas is a dude and he just beat up a bunch of girls. 
Listen to you can listen to what Leah Thomas says, but pay particular attention to the background and the lack of giving a damn, the lack of caring, the lack of everybody's like, yeah, Leah Thomas is going to win. Uh, we're going to count the second place winner as the actual winner. Listen to this. Leah, how did that performance measure up to your expectations coming into this meet tonight? I, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations for this meet. I was just happy to be here trying to race and compete as best as I could. You've undoubtedly been under the spotlight over the past few months. How have you been dealing with that and reasoning with everything? I try to ignore it as much as I can. I try to focus on my swimming, uh, what I need to do to get ready for my races, and just try to block out everything else. What did that race mean to you? It's, it means the world to, to be here, be with two of my best friends and teammates, and be able to compete. Thank you for stopping by. The audience couldn't give a damn. Leah, describe what you're feeling at this moment. Well, I'll tell you. I can't wait to go out with my pals and drink a bunch of beers. And it'll be awesome. You know, pick up some chicks. I mean, uh, it's an honor to be here. Love it, love it, love it. As a most feminist woman, feminine, I'm feminine everywhere. And now I've got it quickly. I got it. Do you mind if I just run to the urinal real quick? I got to pee. But I tell you, it's the proudest moment of my life. Ever since, well, there was one time when I was 12 and I beat up a five-year-old girl. That was a pretty good moment. But right now, I, uh, boy, I'm, I'm super duper proud. And um, I'm just, before the medal ceremony, I got to go retuck, if you don't mind, just because I'm wearing a very revealing bathing suit. We're all good, right? We're good. Hey, you got a number? Maybe we can go out later. Huh? Now, even the foreign press is picking up on this. Of course, social media picked up on this. The UK Daily Mail, their headline, meet the real winner of the NCAA 500-yard freestyle. University of Virginia swimmer Emma Wyant, who is an Olympic silver medalist, is hailed as a heroine on social media after coming second to controversial trans rival Leah Thomas. There is no trans rival. I don't know who the best WNBA player is. But you can, the only name I can think of is Cheryl Swoops. So you got Cheryl Swoops. Then you got, uh, what? Anybody? Can anybody name any? Can you even, there's a WNBA player being held in Moscow right now for smuggling drugs. Name that person. Huh? Who? What? I don't know. But uh, you can take Cheryl Swoops' record and then compare it to Michael Jordan. Better yet, have a game of one-on-one -on -one between Michael Jordan now and Cheryl Swoops now. Let's see how that goes. Get a team of NBA All-Stars versus a team of WNBA All-Stars. Give the team of WNBA All-Stars 50 points. And, uh, well, let's see, the, w the NBA is so woke that they'd probably throw the game. So you got to say, all right, NBA players... If you win, we won't tell your wives about your girlfriends. Because <laughs> professional athletes cheat on their wives. And then suddenly they would care. But otherwise, they're, they're probably going to pretend to lose. But even the foreign press, the real winner is the silver medalist, Emma Wayant. She won the silver medal in Tokyo. There's a picture there. It's absolutely amazing of Emma, who is a real woman, and the third place finisher. 
And over on the side of the po- on the top of the podium, there's Leah Thomas with all his glory in the speedo. And then they're over on the third place podium. Everybody's abandoned the second place podium, and they're they're not like the Olympics where you got three, uh, one at the top, two on one side, and three on the other. It's one, two, three, like a pair of stairs, a set of stairs. Um, <laughs> the three women who've won other contests are over on the third place podium while Leah is standing there on the first place podium. They've abandoned the second place podium just to hell, to hell with Leah Thomas. The picture speaks a thousand words. It really does speak a thousand words. Shocking, disgusting, disturbing, progressive. And of course, now all of these news outlets are covering Covering women swimming for the first time ever. And the only time. The only time. You really want to be a woman to be offended. If you sh- women should be offended by this. They've never given a damn. And next year or whenever the hell Thomas is uh, tucked out of competition. Loses eligibility or whatever. They're never going to give a damn again. The women swimmers should be pissed off about that. That hey wait a second. You use what happened? You don't care. You don't you only care when a dude swims and wins. Huh? That's weird, isn't it? Not by accident. Look, the Democrats get the women vote. Why do they have to be nice or care or be polite or honest or decent toward women? They don't look at Bill Clinton. He locked down the women's vote. He treated women like garbage. And uh he still got the women's vote. That's where the Democrats are. It's just like the black vote. Take it for granted because you can. How dare they take it for granted? Well, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? What are the women going to do? Go, I'm going to vote for Republicans? Think for myself? No. I want to get on the Today Show talking about how wonderful Leah Thomas is. And the only way to do that is to toe the line. Pass. So when will women are... No, the, the joke in... Uh, in History of the World Part 1, is the peasants are revolting. I know that. Well, when will the women revolt? The women are revolting. Not like they are. Not like the Mel Brooks joke. The women are standing up. The women are saying, speaking out. It just doesn't matter. The men in charge and the women in charge and the whatever they are in charge don't give a damn. They don't give a damn. Mar- uh, Martina Navratilova has spoken out about this and has been speaking out about this for some time. And Martina Navratilova is on the verge of being canceled. Martina Navratilova has spoken out about uh, Leah Thomas now, the New York Post. Uh, tennis legend Martina Navratilova said in a new interview that Leah Thomas, the record-breaking transgender swimmer, at the University of Pennsylvania should have an asterisk next to her name. Navratilova's comments, which aired uh, Thursday night on News Nation, came the same day Thomas won the women's 500-yard NCAA championship. The 59-time Grand Slam champion also trashed the NCAA rules and said that the national organization needs to level the playing field for its athletes. Quote, Martina Navratilova. It's not about excluding transgender women from winning ever, but it's about not allowing them to win when they were not anywhere near winning as men. End quote. 
<laughs> well, Leah Thomas was absolutely terrible as a swimmer when he was a dude. I I don't even remember or know what Leah Thomas's name as a dude was. I don't care. Nobody knows because he was an also ran. He was uh what it was ranked two hundredth or something like that. Did he even go rankings that low? But now that he's a woman, oh my goodness. At uh, number one, number one across the board. Oh, the best in the world. <laughs> Martina continued, but right now the rules are that they are. Maybe put an asterisk there if she starts breaking records left and right. Navratilova suggested the NCAA could have one category where only biological females compete against each other and adopt an open category for everyone else. Yeah, who? who <laughs> let's have the others. The other category, huh? How about that? Wouldn't that work? Good Lord. I just, I look at that and uh, I think this is a different world. This is a screwed up world. We suddenly have become the song Lola. <laughs> we really have. It would be, we're Lola. When did you think we'd become Lola? Where that scene in, uh, you know, what, what can you, you're not allowed, by the way. There are people out there, there is a faction of the left that tells you if you, as a cisgendered whatever, we'll just say you're a cisgendered man, you as a cisgendered man, if you will not date a trans woman, is that right? I think that's right. I can't keep track of this. You need a flow chart. But if you can't, if you won't date a, uh, a trans woman, you're uh, a transphobe. You're a transphobe. <laughs> it's like, where the hell do you come up with that? Where do you come up with that? Well, you just do. Because rules don't matter. Reality doesn't matter. You simply keep pushing your way through. You keep plowing through. It doesn't matter. And so you end up in a situation where... Men are beating women. There are no women. I will point out again, and I've written this, and I think it's important to point out. There are no women beating men. There are, yes, now, there are some women who beat trans women on occasion, mostly because those trans women, those dudes sucked as men and uh, were not very good at it. But there is no woman who has gone and become a trans man who's then gone to play men's sports or compete in men's sports and dominated, let alone even existed. I don't even know of one single case where this woman, now man, goes, you know what, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to really show the Greco-Roman wrestling skills that, no, I'll hit that curveball, no, I will, uh, no. The closest you have is a woman, a normal woman, who kicked a couple of, made a couple of really awful field goal attempts and then finally made a field goal and like Div 3 college football or whatever it was. I can't even remember. It was so unmemorable and so unimportant. But they did it. Like, oh, she did it. She's on the football team. A historic night. They left loves historic. They love that word. They don't know what it means, but boy, howdy, did they love that word historic. It is historic. Yeah, historic. the Hindenburg was historic. <laughs> it was. It ended in a historic... The Titanic, historic. There are lots of things 
that are historic, that aren't good. Just because you slap the word historic on it. The Biden administration, all the Biden-Harris administration, so historic. Yeah, yeah, it is, I guess. I was looking to see if I could find this this girl's name, this woman's name. I can't find this woman's name. Um, and it's probably for the best because there would be hell to pay for her. Somebody will find it. And uh, they will, by the end of the weekend, have outed her as some sort of uh, unforgivable, irredeemable transphobe. But a Virginia Tech swimmer was interviewed... Um, about Leah Thomas at the NCAA championships. And she didn't hold back. She refused to play the See, it's most of the people who are the most vo- the people who are the most vocal are the one the ones who aren't impacted by it in any way shape or form. That's the thing. Oh, it's it's so wonderful, isn't it? Really? Are you out there swimming in the pool getting your ass handed to you by a dude? No, you're not. No. That's weird. Why do you care so much? Oh, it's just so wonderful for progress. Meanwhile, real women who work their whole lives are getting screwed. All right, I guess they did find transgender. This is another UK Daily Mail story. Transgender swimmer Leah Thomas has been condemned for the first time on camera by a fellow collegiate athlete who many others uh, who said many others were disappointed and frustrated by her competing in women's races, but were afraid to speak out. While there are several women who have spoken out anonymously about their concerns, a Virginia Tech student on Thursday said that she was compelled to speak out seeing how devastated her teammate was. Okay, the woman is not named, but there she is on video, so she she will be found. She she told the Rapid Fire podcast, I want you to listen to this exchange because even the people are going, oh, yay, I'm so super excited for... uh, for Leah Thomas, oh, it's just wonderful and groundbreaking. This is what they really think. This is what they really think. You're a Virginia Tech swimmer. What did you think about Leah Thomas competing today as a swimmer in this competition? Um, what are you feeling? What are other athletes feeling? It's a common conception that we are all very disappointed and frustrated with someone who is has capabilities more than us women have to be able to compete at this level and take opportunities away from other women. Like I have a teammate who did not make finals today because she was just bumped out of finals. And it's heartbreaking to see someone who went through puberty as a male and has the body of a male be able to absolutely blow away the competition. And you go into it with a mindset that you are you don't have a chance, if that makes sense. Like it's hard to compete against someone with the aerobic capacity, the muscle development, the body of a man, it, it's hard. It's hard to think about it like that. And Staying positive, I bet, for other swimmers who are in that uh, heat is probably overwhelming. I'm not sure. I can't speak for them, but it's disappointing to see and frustrating, definitely. What a horrible, awful transphobe. Now, she's, of course, expressing... that, That would be, by the way, that would be considered... I joke about it, but that would be considered transphobia by the new left, by the modern left. And I guarantee you there are people trying to hunt down who this woman is, to try to destroy her, to get her booted, banned, whatever. She needs to be destroyed because she dares speak out. She committed a heresy. She has to go. That's how insane these people are. But that, that, how did we get here as a species where that, that thought 
that expressing that thought is somehow a horrible, unforgivable sin for which people must be destroyed. How did we get here? You had Mar- they're trying to destroy Martina Navratilova. Martina Navratilova, 20 minutes ago, was a groundbreaking pioneer because she's LGBT. She's a lesbian. Oh, she was a groundbreaking LGBTQ for the whatever community. And, and now she says, wait a second, men have an, a physical advantage. And she's suddenly not only part of the problem, she is the problem. This is what I mean when I say that to the left... You are either, you know, if you're their 99.999% friend, you are their 100% enemy. J.K. Rowling, very left wing and everything, but she recognizes that, hey, wait a second, you're disappearing women essentially from society because men will dominate women and women's sports. Women can, That shouldn't be allowed. These women should not be basically shoved out shoved into second-class citizenship. And she has been attacked as a transphobe. Oh, she's just the worst, worst person out there defending women. It's weird because these very same people will go, oh, let's celebrate Women's History Month. Oh, we need the Violence Against Women Act. Well, if Leah Thomas beat up a female swimmer, would that be violence against women or would that just be a chick fight? Will they ever answer that question? Will they ever be asked that question? Uh, No and no, of course not. That's how pathetic our society, our culture has gotten. Shift it up. Enough trans swimming. Trans. If you're trans swimming, is a fish out of water trans? Is that a trans fish, trans person? How How does that work? It's tough to keep up. Anyway... Let's uh, let's talk about gas prices because here in the state of Maryland they're moving to uh, cut the gasoline tax to give it gas tax holiday for thirty days, thirty six, thirty seven cents, something like that. Virginia, the new governor of Virginia, has called on Democrats down there to do the same thing, and Democrats are not in a big hurry to do that. Here in Maryland, we have a, a special circumstance. It's rather pathetic that the last Democrat governor, a guy named Tommy Carchetti, now he wasn't Tommy Carchetti, his name was Martin O'Malley, he was just the inspiration for the character Tommy Carchetti in The Wire. Narcissistic, philandering, horrible thing. They just used O'Malley's narcissism. I don't know that O'Malley is a philanderer. But they used his narcissism. Boy, he loves himself. And his just general arrogance as the basis of Carchetti. And... Uh, on his way out, see, Democrats love raising taxes. They absolutely love raising taxes. Oh, they say, we only want to raise taxes on the rich, but they don't actually only want to raise taxes on the rich. They want to raise taxes on everybody, on everything, everywhere, all the time. So Carchetti, O'Malley set up a system. He wanted to raise the gas tax. That's wildly unpopular because it's a regressive tax. It, it takes a bigger percentage and hits the poor harder. And Democrats, as we know, because they won't shut up about it, are champions of the poor, right? That's what I thought, anyway. Turns out they're really not. And so not only did uh, O'Malley and the Democrats raise the gas tax, they set up a system in Maryland where the gas tax goes up every year. 
the rate of inflation, pegged it to inflation, which they're looking at a big increase this year, thanks to Joe Biden. They, they don't even they didn't even have to vote for it. Democrats love taxes so much that they set up a system where taxes were going to be raised automatically. They didn't have to bother to do it. They loved it. Well, the Democrats, or the Republicans in this state wanted to set that aside too. We'll see how that works out. But Democrats down in Virginia, they don't want to give up the gasoline taxes. One state senator was whining about, well, we've got to we got to build bike paths. We can't. Uh, we can't afford to cut the gas tax. We need to use that money for the bike paths. Now, the gasoline tax exists because it was uh, pitched as well. If you uh, give us the gasoline tax, let us tax gasoline. We'll use that money to fix the roads. Right. That was it. Bike paths are not the roads, unless you're really drunk. Bike paths are not the roads. So what in the hell does one have to do with the other? Well, it's because Democrats never stick to their word. Their word is worthless. Their word is garbage. They go absolutely crazy. Once they get their hands on money, it's like Hunter in a a brothel with a pile of cocaine. There's no holding him back. You just, you cover your groin and get out of the way and hope that you don't get hit. It's like, oh my God, he's going crazy. Look out. He's the Tasmanian devil on speed when he gets into a whorehouse with a bunch of blow. Democrats are the same way when it comes to taxes. Maybe slightly less. Hunter flings the cocaine around. Democrats just, like, gather the money for themselves and for their friends. They don't fling it around. But now we're facing high gas prices. So in certain states, they're suspending the gasoline tax. I think this is great. Now, there are some Republicans. Republicans couldn't message their way out of a wet paper bag. Honestly, some of them are just so terrible that you sit there and you go, how the hell did you ever get elected? But there's some Republicans say, well, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do, if we're going to do it, we need to do a, find a way to blah, 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 either have some offsets or, or we've got to uh, make sure that we do X, Y, or Z. This is perfect. Don't you understand? If you want smaller government, if you want unobtrusive government, you get the Democrats to suspend whatever the tax. We'll just use Maryland. We'll say 37 cents. You get the Democrats to suspend the 37 cents per gallon gasoline tax. Prices go down at the pump 30 days later. Guess what happens? Democrats are increasing taxes on the poor and the middle class. doesn't matter what the price of gasoline is in a month. In a month, Democrats will be raising the price of gasoline by 37 and a half cents or whatever it is per gallon. That's pretty significant. doesn't matter if gasoline is at the same price as it is right now or gasoline is cheaper or more expensive. A 37 cent per gallon increase in the course of one day, poof, overnight is a dramatic increase. By the way, Knowing if that was going to happen, provided Democrats didn't come around and say, okay, we'll, we'll extend it or we'll repeal it forever. That would lead to, and I'd imagine the day or two leading up to the gas tax reinstatement, it would lead to a rush on gasoline, which could lead to shortage on gasoline. See, once you start perverting the market temporarily, the market gets really perverted. If you were to get rid of the gasoline tax in perpetuity, then it wouldn't happen because people wouldn't 
you know, they wouldn't know that they would they wouldn't act differently because it's not going to go up by almost 40 cents. But if Republicans can't message to against Democrats that Democrats are jacking up the price of gasoline by 37 cents a gallon, they're raising taxes on you, on everybody. If you can't message that successfully, you should get out of politics. You should honestly get out of politics. If you can't message against what the Democrats are pushing now, do yourself a favor, do the party a favor, do the cause a favor, and get the hell out of politics as quickly as humanly possible. Nancy Pelosi yesterday was talking about gas prices, and Democrats have their message down. It's the Putin price hike. It's the Putin price hike. It's, uh, it's not true. It doesn't ex- they say, well, since you, you got to love this. They're spiking it back to when Putin started amassing troops on the border of Ukraine. That's when they've gone. It wasn't the invasion of Ukraine. It was when Putin started amassing troops on the border of Ukraine, because that gives them a couple, that gives them another month that they can push back and uh, take away even more of the uh, Biden inflation on gasoline and blame that on Putin because Democrats are nothing if not consistent and wildly dishonest. So you'll hear Nancy say that. You'll also hear Nancy, I don't know if she knows what the hell she's saying. To be perfectly honest with you, she's what, 81 years old or 83? She's old. She's not all there. She's the best that the Democrats have in the House of Representatives, which is sad, pathetic, not surprising. Listen to her go off on oil and gas companies and pull the it's all Putin's fault thing. What else was going to tell you? But, oh, in, in that regard, we have to address the Putin price hike, uh, gas hike. Uh, it has uh, since he started amassing troops earlier this year, uh, the price at the pump has gone up 75 cents. Uh, We're doing everything we can to minimize the Putin price hike at home. The White House announced the release of 90 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. We call on industry to boost production and stop hoarding profits. Uh, Oil prices are down. um, Oil prices are down, but the price of when the oil the price of oil goes up the price of gasoline goes up when the price of oil goes down the price of gasoline does not necessarily go down this is not right it's not fair and again uh, we want to um, say you know there are 6000 permits out there where people could drill where industry can drill so they don't need to be uh, upending our initiatives to save the planet from the climate crisis, if they want to drill, they have places to drill. Use it or lose it. Let somebody else uh, drill there. The hell is she talking about? She covered about 15 different topics there uh, in the course of just over a minute, and none of them flowed into the other one. None of it meant Putin's fault, and um, you shouldn't. Don't don't hoard your profits. What do you mean? Don't hoard your profits. Don't hold your hoard your profits. Okay, how do you how do you not hoard profits? What do you what are you supposed to do with your profits? Are you supposed to go to the strip club with Hunter Biden and just fling it around? Like, yeah, let's make it rain up in here. How do you not quote unquote hoard your profits? 
well, doesn't make any sense, but she's just trying to deflect. That's where the, uh, since, since earlier this year when Putin started amassing troops on the border, gas prices have gone up 75 cents. All right. Well, if you want to play that game, it's really gone up about, I don't know, 50, 60 cents since Putin actually invaded. But if you want to play that game, okay, fine. You can have Putin blamed for 75 cents out of what what explains the other dollar 25. What explains the other dollar 25, Nancy? Where where does that come from, Nan? Cuz the other dollar 25 is a bigger factor in the $2 and the doubling of the price of gasoline since Joe Biden took office than what Putin has been up to. How do you explain that, Nan? Now, I'll give you some time to go ahead and get your poly grip. To re- she always sounds like her dentures are falling out of her mouth. <laughs> and she also sounds like she was just given notes where every third word was removed. Like, here's, here's your talking points, Madam Speaker. And every third word randomly is removed. So her dentures are slipping, and she's never heard of the concept before, and she's given incomplete notes. And it doesn't stop her from talking. Never stops her from talking. My God. And you sit there and you go, how the hell? Is this the best you got in San Francisco? Is this really the best you've got? Send one of those junkies defecating on the street to start a needle exchange program in the House of Representatives and uh, make them Speaker of the House because they've got to be at least more coherent than Pelosi is, for the love of God. Shifting gears ever so slightly, just a quick update on the uh, Florida don't say gay bill, as they call it, the parental rights and education bill. It's amazing. Amazing. The uh, agency French Press says that Florida don't say gay bill spells headache for Disney. Oh, it's a headache for Disney. Does Disney have a lot of employees who really want to talk to kindergartners about sex? Turns out the answer might be yes. More on that in a second. So discontent is afoot at the happiest place on earth as Disney employees this week protested the company's reaction to Florida's so-called don't say gay bill, which would prohibit discussion of LGBT topics in classrooms. No, it wouldn't. It would uh, tell teachers in kindergarten through third grade not to discuss sex of any sort, but to stick to teaching kids. Good stuff, not grooming them. The proposed law, which critics call discriminatory, has been a headache for Disney since before the southern U.S. state's legislature passed the measure last week, with the entertainment giant employing more than 75,000 people at its theme park in Orlando. A group of LGBT employees... Why are you leaving off the QIA plus and the empty set and all the other things there? What gives? Uh, employees at the company had asked their co-workers to join them in walking out of their workplace during their breaks every day since Tuesday to demand Disney, quote, protect employees and their families in the face of such open and unapologetic bigotry. God, is it possible to wish a whole group of employees, everybody who works for a company, ill? The friction began with an internal memo from blah, blah, blah. It goes on and explains what the problem is. Then you go, hey, wait a second. There's, it seems like Disney's also in the news for another thing. What was it? Oh, yes. So while the LGBT employees are out there going, we demand 
Disney, protect us. You should, we demand that children be taught about gay sex starting in kindergarten. Then you get this headline, New York Post. <clears throat> you don't see this from Agency French Press. Uh, well, this is the story. Detectives in Polk County, Florida, say dozens were arrested during an operation focused on human trafficking, prostitution, and child predators. The six-day undercover operation, dubbed Operation March Sadness 2, began March 8th and resulted in 108 arrests, according to a sheriff's office news release. Four suspects are Disney employees, the sheriff said. Whoa, hey, what do you know about that? All those 75000 just takes a few rotten eggs to spoil a whole company picnic, doesn't it? Now, maybe, maybe you shouldn't be focused. It probably isn't too good optically to demand that uh, children as young as five be taught about sex gay sex, transgender issues, various um, I don't know, genders that you can claim, teaching them new pronouns and things like that. Maybe you should just teach them to read, write, do math, recognize colors and things like that. Might that be a better solution? Instead of, you know, there's something about glass houses and Disney, the Magic Kingdom, it's a big glass house. It's amazing to me. Uh, Disney is somehow the forefront of LGBT, that's a place for kids, where kids can be kids, where, you do, where anybody can be kid, the kids of all ages, where you don't have to worry about it. I don't care what you do with your genitals. Go ahead and uh, do whatever you want as long as what you do it with is an adult and willing. But no, for some reason, a small percentage of the population are perverted to the point. I'm not talking about gay people. I'm talking about perverted people who are so desperate that their, uh, their bedroom activities need to not only be allowed to continue, I don't care, go ahead, but you have to be celebrated. I have to appreciate you. I don't appreciate you. I have never met anybody who is special because they're gay. I will never meet anybody who's special because they're gay. I have a lot of really good friends and family members who are gay, but their gayness has nothing to do with anything about them. If your genitals... And what you do with them and with whom you do those things. Define who you are as a person. You aren't much of a person. Okay, I would suggest that you take some time to figure out why you would define so much of your existence off of what bathroom you use and uh, which bathroom you want to go into and which person you're sexually attracted to. I would say that you could probably find something in your upbringing where things went horribly, horribly wrong. Now, Disney's the happiest place on Earth. Sounds like hell on Earth, to be honest with you. As we uh, get ready to wrap it up here, I want to play you this AOC audio. I had no idea. You know, I'm, I've not spent a lot of time. Let me think. I did grow up near an oil refinery, probably four or five miles away. And uh, so there was, you drive past it and it, it smelled small oil refinery but i didn't realize that the oil and gas industry was such a deep dark dank cesspool of evil and sexual assault and murder quite frankly 
as it apparently is. You probably didn't know this either, and it might want you. It might cost you to walk an awful lot this weekend, just so you don't put money into this evil, evil dark industry. And what am I talking about? At some, who knows? I, I can't even keep track of why it is the Democrats hold hearings. I'm not sure why most of them are in Congress. The Washington Free Beacon did a a survey of Democrats yesterday because the the Democrats are really taking advantage of the um, what do you call it the um, ability to work remote that they now have right. And the, uh, the ability to vote remote. That the Washington Free Beacon went to every single Democrat House office and found that the vast majority of them were not in their office. They're not in their office. They were not there yesterday. Why? Why would that be? Well, because they don't have to be. And this hearing was conducted remotely. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, was off somewhere. God knows she could have been in her luxury apartment in D.C. She could have been in her luxury apartment in New York. It doesn't matter. But there was an important hearing about the rape and murder that apparently follows oil and gas drilling, pipelines, things like that. I don't claim to understand what's going on here. It's just kind of funny, I think. To hear her say, she has some kind of expert on there. This is AOC's open from yes from the oil and gas hearing about violence against. It's not, by the way, it's not that oil and gas drilling causes violence against women. It's violence against indigenous women very specific women. Everybody else apparently gets a free pass, but for some reason, drilling for oil or making a pipeline causes absolute hatred of indigenous women to the point that they must be killed. We have a crisis of missing and um, and murdered indigenous and black women in the United States. Today, I want to discuss part of this crisis that is all too often overlooked but whose evidence shows that there's a very meaningful connection here. The correlation between fossil fuel extraction sites and abductions and murders of indigenous women across the United States. We're very lucky to have Ms. Angel Charlie here with us today to start that conversation. Ms. Charlie, let's start at the top. Can you draw a brief and introductory, introductory picture of how fossil fuel extraction efforts expose indigenous women to physical and often sexual violence. Why is it that oil, gas, and fossil fuel extraction sites have such a high correlation of violence and abduction against in, uh, native women? <laughs> if this is true, we do need an answer to this question. If My God, you know what? We just struck oil over there, Earl. Where, where did Earl go? I don't know. He was suddenly overcome with a need to go and kidnap and murder some indigenous women. I'm not mocking the kidnapping and murder of indigenous women. I'm mocking the idea that somehow it's oil and gas. That's what it is. You, you drill enough, you're just going to want to kill somebody. Now, the person, uh, Miss Charlie that uh, AOC is asking for, you'd think this is the this is the person. This is the foremost authority 
on the abduction and uh, murder of indigenous women by oil and gas workers, this plague upon our house. So you would think that uh, she'd have an answer to the question, why is it that there is such a plague of murder related to abduction related to indigenous uh, women and uh, oil and gas drilling? I want you to... What you're about to hear is the entirety of her answer. And I want you to take note that in nowhere, nowhere in this entire answer is there anything remotely close to an answer to the question or even an acknowledgement of the question. She just kind of, it's, it's very stupid. If this is the best that they got, I'm suspecting that it is not a whole lot of truth to the story. Just, just throwing this out there. Thank you for that question. Uh, fossil fuel industry creates man camps or temporary settlements that often exist right outside the, outside the borderlands of indige indigenous communities. As I stated earlier, uh, many tribes do not have tribal jurisdiction over non-native offenders, which a majority of these oil workers are. We know that when these man camps or temporary establishments are created, that there is an increase in violence and particularly sexual violence against our native women. That was the entirety of her answer. We know. We know. Well, can you prove it? No, but we know. Okay, you have any evidence whatsoever? Do I need to present evidence, or did you not just hear me say that we know? What more could you possibly need? We know. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this woman is a left-wing activist. Uh, since AOC was directing her non-hostile question towards her, I think that's a pretty safe bet. The fact that she offered nothing under the guise of the safest of environments humanly possible, questioning from AOC, indicates to me that there is nothing there. But when you hate oil and gas, you hate oil and gas, and you will take any avenue and make... No, nothing is going to stand in your way of attacking the oil and gas industry, Not any, no matter how ridiculous it is. The earth's going to end in like six years anyway. So what does it matter? Go full bore. Go all the way. Go to the mattresses. So pathetic. By the way, here's the Washington Free Beacon story. Less than a week after President Joe Biden and his State of the Union address called for Americans to return to the office, and two years after COVID-19 restrictions, numerous Democratic offices in both the House and the Senate have failed to end their work-from-home policies. It's good. It's government. Washington Free Beacon investigation after Biden's speech found that many Democratic offices completely closed and unstaffed, with several displaying signs that they were not returning to work due to COVID-19, including Chuck Schumer's office. God, it's good to be the king, isn't it? Put yourself, give yourself some power, and it goes right to your bulbous head. Democrats, why do people vote for them? I'll never understand. That's all the time we have for today. I hope you had a great weekend, a relaxing weekend. The winner, uh, I guess I can tell you about the uh, the books. Go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. That's where you enter. That's where you sign up. That's where you get the curse program, the bonus content. The winner is Andrew Lands. Congratulations, Andrew Lands. Check your messages through Patreon if you haven't already. 
and send me your address and I will send you the signed copy you chose, Church of Cowards, A Wake-Up Call to Complacent Christians by Matt Walsh. So you get that autographed puppy on its way out to you. I got to tell you, so I was surprised. I thought anybody who goes up against John Cleese is going to get clobbered. But uh, just because he's famous and I'm a bit of a fame whore, apparently. But uh, no, no, I mean, John Cleese, I think, was the majority, but it wasn't an overwhelming majority of people. A lot of people wanted Matt Walsh over John Cleese to each their own. I judge not, lest I be judged. As such, though, and going through the books that I have autographed, I have another one from Matt Walsh. This one isn't his most recent book. This is, his, I believe it's his first book. I don't know. Uh, it's called The Unholy Trinity, Blocking the Left's Assault on Life, Marriage, and Gender. What year is this autographed? I got it autographed the same time as I got the other one autographed. Uh, but, but, but from 2017. So there you go. Maybe even before most of you had ever heard of them. I don't know. But uh, you go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. That's where you enter to win. Look for the two books there. It's John Cleese versus Matt Walsh again. Who will win? That can't be a rematch if John Cleese wins. So uh, we'll just have to see. It's all in the luck of the draw of the Irish of whatever. Anyway, happy Monday to you. Have a great week. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.